I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. I've actually done what I said I was going to do. Shock horror. Yes, I've, I've not let the side down. No, I good. have watched um, one of the gems of cinema. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I shouldn't have given away my uh, conclusion there, should I? Yeah, that's, it's almost like giving it a star rating there, wasn't it? Yeah, so, <laughs> no, that's it. We're both up to speed now, aren't we, on on our on our pact of saying, right, we're going to watch Never Say Never Again and find at least one redeeming quality. You did say that. That was the original target, was to that was. You know, find something <clears throat> that, that we liked about it. Yes. Mm. Yes, I, um, I think I, I think I've achieved. I think so. Some parts of me think I may be clutching at straws. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I was just saying to you before we started recording, I, I've kind of gone a little bit deep on it in that I watched it through a second time, but with the director's commentary, and I've also found some behind the scenes stuff i actually found on youtube the episode of uh, film 83 with barry norman where he <laughs> reviews it and he interviews sean connery um, wow so i watched that through that was quite insightful um and i've read some stuff about it so i've yeah i didn't mean to go that kind of deep into it but you know what it's like once i get mm. on these things yeah, that's <laughs> I'd, I'd, before we get into the the crux of the film, then what mm. I'd be interested to know what Connery was saying about it. Did he try and defend it, or did he just go, "I got paid"? Or no, no, he very much. Well, certainly when he was talking to Barry Norman, um, he very much took it very seriously. He felt it was much more serious, more realistic interpretation. Uh, of the role than um, what the official series was doing at the time. Um, And I didn't realise until I really dug into it that he'd actually um, wrote the original draft of the script. Um, Really? Yeah. He was approached by McClory um, to say, look, I know you don't want to play the role, but would you like to work on the script the rights to do this have reverted to me now after a certain Mm. amount of time and and i'm gonna do another interpretation of thunderball i know you don't want to play the role but would you like to work on the script and he agreed to take six months and and work on the script with the scriptwriter len dayton who i think went on to work on the fourth protocol um okay but anyway um spent six months working on it he brought in Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet, the British comedy writing duo, mm-hmm. um, probably most famous for Porridge with Ronnie Barker. And there's a, a little thing I'm going to come back to about that. But no, Connery took it very seriously. And he said he'd, he was very pleased with the script. They'd worked on it for a long time. Um, and it was his wife that convinced him to be in it. She said, well, look, you say this script is so good. Why don't you... Why don't you just be done and be in it as well? Why don't you just play the role? Um, well, well, if you yeah. like it so much, why don't you just be in it? And then that's done, <clears throat> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And once he'd signed up to do it, of course, getting the rest of the cast uh, was easier. And it is, um, it is kind of an all-star cast. Hmm, I was Certainly thinking in that yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose when you say all-star, I mean, it's very easy to look at it retrospectively and go, yes, they're all-star cast. But perhaps at the time, they were slightly more up and coming. Some of, some of the younger act, act, actors. Now, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, Some Klaus of the well-established ones, obviously. Klaus Brandauer, I suppose, went on to do... In fact, he went on to do more stuff with Connery because they did The Russia House together, But um, which is a film I've watched countless times and I still don't know what happens. Um, <laughs> but I have. I've watched it about six times and I have no idea. I'm not clue. Um, but you've got Kim Bassinger, you've got Max von Sydow, you've got Edward Fox. I mean, he was certainly well established yes. by that point. I mean, that's, yeah, well, you know, he was the jackal. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, you know, there were some names in it. Um, Barbara Carrera, perhaps less so. Um, but yeah, they, I, th I think it 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 has it it had the potential to be something quite special. Let's put it like that. And I think Connery uh, certainly uh, didn't um, try to back away from it in his interview with Barry Norman. He was, you know, he was really pushing it and say, no, it's just really good. This is a proper serious, you know, we found the reality in it. And with, you know, uh, the, the original intent where they were very much for Fleming's interpretation of the character and, you know, distinctly different from what Cubby and Roger are doing. And um, um, yeah, he had seen it, hadn't he? Not sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, not sure. It's a tough sell. <laughs> I'll give him that. He was, you know, uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, perhaps giving it more credit than it deserved, but um, but no, he was not trying to back away from it and say, "Well, it was a paycheck." He no, he definitely he, he got he got deep into it. He wasn't. Um, you know, he wasn't just a hired actor for it. He was writing the script and he got involved with the direct and direction of it and everything. Um, okay. He was very deep into it. He was more involved in it than um, than he'd been in any of the official Bond films. Okay. That's quite an interesting starting point there then, really. Mm, it is. Um, um, yeah. Because, I mean... The way the the fact that he's saying this is a more realistic version. <laughs> yeah, I struggle with that. <laughs> I and more gritty, but well, a it wasn't, and b they there were several attempts at the comedy element that the more films had. Yes. Throughout it, and, you go, and I, I think that was Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet. I think that's what they were brought in to give it the the humorous element. So it was a deliberate effort to do that. Um, but we ended up disjointed, shall we say? It was interesting. I thought when I was watching it through, you know, I was thinking actually a lot of the criticisms that you could level against this are the same criticisms we leveled against No Time to Die. In you know, in terms of inconsistently paced and a, a slightly disjointed story, um, and you know, scenes that 
one scene to the next sort of felt like it had a very different style. And we, at the time, thought that was probably because of so many different writers working on the script. And I think yeah, yeah. I think this suffers from the same problem. You could um, be right there, actually. Yeah, I think it's it, it has a lot of the same issues as No Time to Die. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's by no means a film of the technical quality and depth of No Time to Die. Um, but job. it does, but it does have some of the same problems, I think. It does, um, and when you say technical, yes, we know it was made in a different era where the technology wasn't perhaps where we are now. Uh, however, some of the stuff on there is diabolical. It is, and I, I watched Never Seen Ever Again, and then the following night I watched. Um, Octopussy, because that was obviously the film it was released against, or yeah, it was yeah. intended to be released against. It actually never seen ever again was delayed by several months, so Octopussy had already been in cinemas for a while. Yeah, um, when Never Say Never came out, but you look at Octopussy, and that's a film of clearly much higher quality. Yes, um, in every way. <laughs> yes, because there are. I mean, there were some dodgy bits. Um, and I think I was sort of sort of noting them down as I was going through. Mm. And then when I got to one of them, I went, well, that wins against all of them, so there's no point in mentioning the others. <laughs> it surpassed all the others. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd be curious to know whether you think the same thing, but it's the... Uh, towards the end, upon the escape from Palmyra, uh, up oh. on the with the horse jumping off the side of the building. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Awful. That, yeah, just atrocious. That scene uh, of the horse jumping over the wall and then down into the sea. That scene actually was cut when it was always shown on television because of trouble with animal rights issues. Um, oh, right, okay. So when it was shown on television, that, that scene isn't there. Um, they're just sort of in the water all of a sudden. Um, but by that point, the film is so disjointed that one more kind of bad jump cut that doesn't make sense uh, really doesn't make a lot of difference. <laughs> it would have been nice if they'd left the horse swimming around in. Yeah. And go, well, what's that doing there? Don't worry about that. Don't don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah. There were some steps. You didn't see them. They're just yeah. off to the side then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to get to the ending uh, just yet, but uh, no, yeah, I thought... that, that, that is a particularly bad... <laughs> Awful. Yeah. I just thought I'd throw that in because that doesn't really give anything away. No, it doesn't. Although, um, I, I don't want to dig too deep into the reasons that this film exists in the first place because we've kind of talked about that before. Yeah, we, uh, that's um, why we ended up watching it, really. Yeah, indeed. Um, but uh, I think, again, part of its problem generally comes out of the reasons why the film was made and it it wasn't made for the right reasons it came it was almost made for spite because yes. connery and mcclory felt they were owed something or they wanted to try and get back at 
cubby or the Ian Fleming's estate or whatever they just felt, you know, it it's hardly a positive attitude in which to enter into a project. No, um, it was it was spurred on by bitterness, wasn't it? Yeah, bitterness and money. Um, oh yeah, I mean Connery was always a, <clears throat> well known that he was incredibly money driven. Um, and you know, you sort of knew where it came from because he came from a very poor childhood. But um, you know, once he earned some money, he, he wanted to hang on to it, which is fair enough. But um, you know, the reason he stopped doing the official series in the first place was largely due to money. Mm. Um, he felt he was, you know, never paid enough, and maybe he wasn't. But you know, it's it's hardly, uh, as I say, it's 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 hardly a good attitude to go into. No, <laughs> developing a new project. Um, you know, we're going to do it for spite. Oh, that's yeah. not very healthy, is it, really, boys? <clears throat> no, not at all. No, you're you're right about that. Um, uh, and I think that shows. <clears throat> I think that shows in the quality yeah. of the of the finished product. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, because, well, it's not polished, is it? No, it doesn't it? Doesn't have the same production value. It certainly didn't have the same budget. Um, it didn't have the same budget, um, and that again, that shows. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I scribbled down, and it's probably a bit harsh, but I'll say it anyway. Yeah, it, it's like someone tried to explain what a Bond film is down a phone line <laughs> with a really bad connection. Yeah, and someone at the other end was scribbling down the bits that they got, and went, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do this. We got it." I think yes, I, I agree. It's I don't think it's too cruel to say it's a cheap ripoff, really. Mm. Um there are there are some little bits uh, attention to detail which actually are quite good, quite impressed that they're there. But they're few and far between. Um and maybe that goes to answering your original question of does it have any redeeming features? Well, yeah, I think it does, but then they're quite small. Okay. Um, While we're on that, I I, did, I agree with you on that because I spotted some having very very recently on holiday listened to the audio book. Ah, uh, very good. Yes, um, uh, something I haven't done. Yeah, that was pure coincidence. So that that was just while I was sunning myself. Um, yeah. What's nice is, I mean, it's not they don't do it a lot, but some of the original dialogue from the book is in the film. Well, see, again, that was partly because of the situation they found themselves in. Yeah. Clory only had the legal right to make a very specific story. That's it. Yeah. He couldn't deviate far from the original material. It's not really a remake of Thunderball. It's a reinterpretation of the original material. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, book, screenplay, script, whatever he thought he had the rights to. Mm. Um, and, you know, the situation is so legally complicated. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to work out exactly what he did have rights to do. But uh, it was very specific. Um, mm. So I think they, pro they had to go back to Fleming because they had no choice. They couldn't yeah. do anything too original because as soon as they start straying into, um, you know, away from the original material, um, they're going to have legal problems. So um, they, they couldn't. Mm. Uh, and I, I think that's probably why. But uh, it is nevertheless 
probably a good thing. Um, it's yeah. something we often praise on Her Majesty's Secret Service for, in that yeah. it's so tight to the book. Yes, um, yeah, that like even that. even the dialogue is the same, and that's yeah, that's that's nice. Um, mm. But I don't think it was necessarily done because that was a good thing to do. I actually think they had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's unfair. Um, no, I know what you mean, but <clears throat> it's no, I don't think that's unfair actually. <laughs> I think it was. Um, I think it was a mess from start to finish. Really, I don't mean the film itself, although it is. But I, I think the whole production was a mess. And interestingly, uh, one of the questions Barry Norman put to Connery in Film Eighty Three was, "You know, did you enjoy being back as Bond?" And he said, "No, <laughs> not as not as much as I thought I would, because once again." Uh, and he, what was the phrase he used? I was, I was carrying incompetence. Wow. Um, yeah. And there was bickering between the producer and the director, who had some kind of history. Um, and uh, he felt that the material was not given the focus that it should have. Um, and yeah, that was the phrase he used. I am once again carrying incompetence. Now, whether hmm. by once again he's referring to Cubby and Harry and the the official Bond team, I don't know. Um, he didn't. Barry Norman didn't press him on that particularly, but he did say he didn't particularly enjoy making the film. Hmm. Um, okay, that's quite interesting. Well, that's yeah. actually is no surprise, really, is it? I mean, it's it's you'd almost say it was baffling why he did it in the first place. But... Well, yeah. Um, Again, as I said earlier, for the, the wrong reasons. <laughs> mm. um, unhealthy reasons, really. And I, th I mean, Roger Moore said something about, you know, Sean holds on to a grudge. Oh, he did, um, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, it wasn't, um, you know, it just wasn't in his nature to, to let things go and move on. He just, you know, he never... He never forgot if he felt he was wronged in some way. And mm. I think this film kind of is a function of that. Yes. Yeah. I, I would. I would. And agree. it shows. It really shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think, um, I think going back to the point that it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a cheap ripoff of what the Broccoli's were doing. Um, I think it begins to fail from the very first frame of the film um, with that weird 007 pattern oh, across yeah, the yeah, screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, well, you can't use the gun barrel sequence, but you've decided you obviously want some kind of graphic mm. device to open the film. So, And you can't use the 007 logo, so you've come up with something else and then laid the credits on top of that. Um, so I, I think it, I think it goes wrong from the very first frame. <laughs> There's a lot of eighties all in one go there, isn't it? Yeah, there is. Um, and that theme tune is diabolical. It is um, again, and you wonder: were they trying to almost copy the all-time high from Octopussy? Because it's a similar kind of thing. Again, a poor imitation, but I can see yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, 
I actually think if you took that opening sequence with Connery, mm. and that was very much with all the close-ups of his face, very much a kind of look who's back kind of thing. Um, it's interesting they chose close-ups because yeah, he was, uh, well, not. Well, you got to think that's twelve years since he did a Bond film, and when he did yeah. Diamonds Are Forever, he was not in his most tip-top shape. No, he wasn't. Um, mind you, um, you know, Roger Moore was no spring chicken by this point either. So, no, but he was a bit more polished. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yes, um, yes. It, very much so. <laughs> he did. Yeah, Connery did have that sort of hint of going. Mm. Is he is he homeless and they've just put him in some nice clothes for the day? He's, yeah, I know. He did. I, he did look. I mean, he's not like knackered, but he did look a bit rough, didn't he? Yeah, a bit strange. Mm. I thought in that film. Um, but all I was going to say was, if you took that opening sequence, did mm. away with the weird 007 graphic at the beginning, mm. had that sequence, but actually had no music over it at all. I think it would work a lot better as an yeah. action sequence. Putting a love ballad over it removes all elements of suspense and mystery and, you know, it, it just ruins it. it. It's very, it's very toss. It's just... put, the, put the titles over it if you must. But uh, yeah, I yeah. think no music. Mm. I think open the film with no music. Just have that action sequence. Maybe slow it down a little bit. Maybe have him take his time getting into the place a bit more and build it a bit more. I think it could have worked, mm. um, but I think they just they just ruined it. And I think it shows a, a kind of I don't want to say a kind of amateurish isn't the right word, but I think. Uh, Inexperienced. Uh, yeah, poor choices. Yeah, mm. yeah. Inexperienced of the people making the decisions. Um, and I think, as I say, I think that opening sequence could have worked, um, but they ruined it. Um, What's interesting about that opening sequence is because I haven't seen this film in years. Mm. I watched it again. He went, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I forgot all about this training nonsense, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, yes, it, it even turns out to be a training that's it. Um, no, it's not even a real mission. <laughs> however, I wonder if whether it was coincidence or not, but uh, a much later film borrowed a very tiny bit of that plot. Uh, the fact that it was a millionaire's daughter that was kidnapped and turned, mm. being um, the world is not enough, and Electra. Oh, that's a very good point. I'd never considered that. Hmm. Um, I wonder if there's any connection there at all. Is it in the book? Not as I recall. I don't think it is, is it? Because all the health club stuff is. But yeah, yeah, all, the, all of that caper. Yeah, I don't think it's in the. Because I wondered. Because obviously <clears> they don't. They mix and match the books a bit and take you know a scene from this book and a scene yeah, from yeah. that book and put it into different films. So I wondered if they if it was in one of the books and they'd lifted it. But if it was in any book other than Thunderball, McClory wouldn't have been able to use it. That's so, right. Um, I guess it can't be. But that's a very interesting parallel. I hadn't spotted that. Hmm. But 
Yeah, just it just made me think. I wonder if uh, mm. I wonder if someone borrowed that. Maybe that's the one good idea in it. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, as I say, I think that sequence could have worked, um, but they ruined it, and then it turns out that it's just a training exercise anyway. Uh, yes, yes, nonsense. Um, and what on earth is Edward Fox doing with M? Has anyone overacted more? Oh, he's all over that, isn't he? <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> Awful. Oh, t- terrible. Yeah. Terrible. You can only assume that was the direction because he's a fine actor. Yeah, yeah, you're, I think you're right. Someone has specifically told him to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's painful. It is. And the trouble is, he keeps cropping up, doesn't he, throughout? Yeah, he's in it quite a lot, but it's mm. a, it's a, it's a comedy parody of M. It's not M. It's yeah. totally unbelievable. No, it's well, it's awful. Yeah. Um, completely pointless character, is it? In the end, really? Well, yeah, pointless character. Mind you, it's not the. There's quite a few little bits in that film that are just pointless as well. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, after the warheads have been switched, mm-hmm. he gets his gets his magic eyeball, uh, Jack. That's right. Uh, that, Jack magic Patachi. Eyeball. Yes, yeah. Ma- magic eyeball, and uh, he does his bit, which is just weird. Um, uh, oh, pretending to be the yeah, yeah, the yeah. President's I've got the, eye. I've got the yeah. president's eye. Very good. Um, yeah. So yeah, somehow yeah. that's enough. To do yeah, that's better, that's maybe. fine. That's yeah. fine. Don't you be questioning things like that. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, he's driving off in his Cortina. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yes, that was um, a high point actually. What a lovely Cortina that is. Yes. Oh, outside Trublands, there was a Mark One Fiesta as well. Yes, there is. <laughs> You're right. There is well, well, well spotted. Yeah, when Bond turns up in his Bentley, that's it. Yeah, which was one of the little bits that I thought was an attention to detail, actually, to the original material. That was mm. quite nice. That they, yeah, they made like it, it a Bentley. But again, they're probably afraid of being in too hot water if they put him in an Aston. So. Yeah, that's that would have been. Com- Although at the time, it, I suppose the ties would have been closer to Lotus, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Brilliant. yeah, true. Because for your eyes only had come out a couple of years Just before, years, so yeah, yeah, that was Lotus heavy. Mm. Yeah, true. But even so, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So there, there he is. Uh, Jack is making his escape in his Cortina and um, Fatima. Yes, <laughs> Ms. Blush. Ms. Blush arrives in a in a uh, Mercedes SL. Lovely. And Gold, congr- yeah, nice. Yes. And congratulates him on a job well done. Mm-hmm. Lobs a snake at him, so he has a big old crash. Yeah. Cortina's upside down. And that's it. Go and get the snake back because somehow that didn't get twatted in the crash. Yeah. Then puts a bomb in it and blows it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> why, why do we need a snake? Can't you just put a bomb in it? Yeah. Can't you throw the bomb through the window of his car and then. What? Zoom off in your Mercedes and push the button. I mean, yeah, but... he's all done, isn't he? Yeah. You don't need the snake. The snake is a weird one. The snake... I actually think the snake works quite well with her character. And I must say, for me, she is the star of the piece. Barbara Carrera 
is she's so camp and overblown and so enjoys being who she is. Yeah, she's she, actually the most enjoyable character in the whole thing. She um, does play back crazy very well. Yeah, she does. And I think the snake actually is a quite a nice aspect of her character. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that that I can see. Just... Quite like that driving along with the snake draped around her shoulders. I actually think that works really well. Uh, but there was absolutely no need to chuck it in the Cortina so that he would crash. And then you climb over all the rubble, pop in a bomb, get the snake back and blow. You don't need the snake. You've got a bomb. Yeah, it's, it's very, very effective. And you clearly <laughs> like the snake when you've, and yet you've subjected it to a car crash. Yeah, you'd be lucky if it doesn't bite your nose off when you get it back. <laughs> That's it, yeah. It's like, you should be happy that is one piece of snake and not multiple. Yeah, because anything could happen with mm. that. But apparently snakes are impervious to car crashes. Who, who knew? Who knew? Um, so that's it. So, yeah, but again, it's just another one of those little things. You didn't mm. really think that through, did you? Because it's not... It, it doesn't make sense. No. It's not even doesn't make sense in an amusing way. Um, no. Um, see more animal cruelty issues there. Yeah. Um, I think that... Um, there was a bit of money changing hands for a bit of product <laughs> placement. Do you think? I think so. So much <laughs> that so. That sort of thing doesn't go on, does it? So much so. I think someone at Atari gave them some money and said, please, in your high-end casino in the south of France, can you have an arcade, please? Oh, it was bad, wasn't it? Is that what they open these doors, these grand doors inside yeah. this glorious high end casino. Well, there's big money changing hands all in the name of charity and philanthropy and all that sort of caper. They mm. open these doors and go, Oh, you've got a lot of arcade cabinets in there, haven't you? Fruit machines and what? things that go bing. On yes, earth is this toss. Oh, then... that whole sequence is so weird. Um. Mm. Oh, and his bizarre game that uh, Margo plays with Bond. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Brandoa was doing with Largo anyway. He plays him in such a weird way. Um, I don't know what he's going for, but that computer game that they play, that is just bizarre. I've I got nothing with that. No. I've got nothing. It... <laughs> No. It's, no. Maybe again they didn't want to have Bond and Largo playing Baccarat because that's in the original film. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah, but you could argue yes, there was a game in the casino in the book. So yeah, true. Yeah, you're fairly safe. I don't. I yeah. Just I don't weird. know. Yeah. Just weird. Funny. Um, though. Yeah. Well, in its way. Yeah. Amusing, but I don't think not they meant for, it. To be. Yeah, not for a good reason. No, no, I don't think they meant it to be amusing. I think it's amusing by accident. Yeah. Okay. Um. um mm. Yeah. Oh dear, it's a shame. And then the then the tango sequence after that, because suddenly there's a dance floor in this casino. Um, it's very multi-purpose. I like it. It's, it's a big building. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. And what, Bond you... chooses, chooses to tell Domino that her brother's dead whilst they're on the dance floor. Mm. 
Don't react. Yes. What are you on about, man? Yes. Oh, but, I mean, dear. you say that. I mean, in terms of magical interiors, you've got his yacht with a colossal dance studio in the middle of it. Oh, the flying saucer, because obviously they couldn't call it Disco Volante. No, they couldn't um, do that. But no, it's not. and then he's got his little, uh, he's got his booth of many treats, and then goes, "Oh, I've, I've welcome to my perving window." Yes, yes, I spy on my girlfriend when mm. she is dancing. Yes, not good. It's all a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah, and then when he finds Bond. Kissing her, mm. he barges in there and starts smashing everything up with an axe. You think it's your luxury yacht? You're He's... smashing up your own stuff. Weird. It's, oh. I don't know what he was doing with the character. I mean, from what I gathered from the director's commentary, he was really difficult to work with. He kept trying to improvise stuff, <laughs> and they said, "No, no, 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 we can't. We've got to, legally." We have to stick to the script. This has been very carefully worked out. We can't go off on tangents and things. It was going to have trouble. Mm. And he kept, he was really difficult on saying, <laughs> no, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I want to do this. No, we can't do that. Legally, we can't do that. Yeah, we have yeah. to do it this way. And he just wouldn't, he was really awkward to work with, apparently. Um, <laughs> and Kim Bassinger, for some reason, was really nervous and edgy around him and Connery, and I think that shows on screen as well. Oh, you can spot that um, a mile off. Yeah, she's not happy at all. Um, no. I don't know what had gone on there. <clears throat> um, <throat> it's all a bit strange. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, um, oh, we asked, I mean, we've got a few good bits here, haven't we? We've done, we done Well, there's another yet. thing I'll mention then. There's another thing I'll mention, which actually... Uh, you've got to be quite bond pervy to spot, but please do, Mister Connery's shirts. Mm. He is wearing the Turnbull and Asser tailored shirts with the turn back cuff, which he wore in the original films, and which were introduced by Terence Young, the director of Doctor No. Um, who was a very elegant man and wore wore those kind of tailored Savile Row suits and shirts and, mm. and really took Connery in hand and, uh, you know, got him sorted with all the gear, as Connery used to call it. <laughs> um, and those shirts with the turn-back cuff, so it's a double-cuff uh, shirt, but instead of a cuff link, there's like a double-button yeah, arrangement. Yeah. Um, Connery was wearing those in Never Say Never Again. I thought, see, that is an enormous attention to detail. Do you reckon that's Connery's input? It might point? be Connery, yeah. That may be Connery that he said, well, we should have these shirts. Um, <laughs> well, unless uh, since doing the films, he's, he took a personal um, like of them and has incorporated them to his own wardrobe and thought... Well, I've well, never well. seen him wear them anywhere else. Interesting. In, in okay. any other movie or in an interview or Okay. Um he I only ever saw now Roger Moore wore them as well. Um in Live and Let Die and The Man with the Golden Gun. And then <laughs> he wore many things. And then he disappeared. But good. he also wore those turn back cuff shirts in the Persuaders. Okay. 
Um, and I'd seen Roger Moore wear them um, in interviews and all sorts of things, but never seen Connery wear them. But I thought that's it's a very small detail, but I thought, actually, now give him credit for that. That's good. Um, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, because it's... It was never in the book, though. That was an in, that was an introduction into the films, and it was Terence Young who who brought that in. He thought, well, Bond would wear, you know, a double cuff shirt, but he wouldn't want the cuff link because that would be, you know, it would get in the way in a fight or be difficult. So, you know, having the buttons, so it was easier to take on and off and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I thought that was a really nice detail that it was, that it was there. Um, right. I like that. So much so, and this again, I think, is where it falls down. <laughs> when Bond is accidentally sucked onto the Disco Volante, which is a very strange scene, not Disco Volante, Flying Saucer. You're going to get you yourself know, in trouble. When they're swimming around, yeah, yeah. him and yeah, Felix. Him, him and Felix. He yeah, is sucked he into it. He is. He is. <laughs> he Doesn't is. make any sense. Anyway, he's on board and Largo finds him and you know brings him up to the bridge and mm, says, oh, yeah. you must you must you're a bit early for lunch but yeah. uh, give his, um, gives him some clobber doesn't he gives him some clobber the shirt is a pale blue Turnbull and Asser with the turn back cuff that means that Largo knows that Bond wears those very specific shirts available from one tailor in London and he's been out and bought one for him just in case just in case he drops in and has no clothes. You never know when he's going to get sucked into my boat. That's a very specific scenario. He yeah. is inordinately well prepared for. Mm. Oh, dear. Yes, no, you, you make a very valid point. <laughs> What's going on there? Because he does conveniently have all of the correct size clothing, considering he is nowhere near his size. Yes. Mm. Not only the correct size... <laughs> from the, the one place you can get those shirts from. Yes, that's that's well, it's clearly an that's an attentive villain. Yeah, it is. I give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, um so he catches Bond kissing his girlfriend and the, he smashes up the dance studio with an axe. More yeah. And they yeah. set off the fire alarm. And then all of a sudden they're at his house, they're at Palmyra. They're all wearing different clothes, so some serious time has passed, but they're all mates now. Well, shortly. And, you know... Until they get in the door, yeah. Yeah. But, it's again, it's another example of a massive, you know, disjoint in the story. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, Bond sends the signal, M picks it up. Um, Presumably some hours go by, possibly even days. And... um, and and they're all mates on the boat together again. Yeah, because I mean, I'm no sort of boat expert, but they set off from the south of France and end up in northern Africa. That, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't sound like a short journey. That's a bit of a voyage. Yeah, boats are not quick at the best of times. Well, especially those huge luxury yachts aren't. No. Mm. So yeah, that that is an issue. Um, mm. Okay, I've. <laughs> What, one good bit, I've got a good bit, mm-hmm. uh, and considering what our main sort of theme on the podcast is, it's a car bit. With There is some good car stuff, actually. Fatima yeah. in a Renault 5 Turbo. Turbo. Again, she's, she's the best character and she's got the best car. 
she yeah. has got the best car. She's got the yeah. proper one as well. And she drives it hard. I mean, unfortunately, they speed up the film, which kind of ruins it a little. I hate it when they do that. Yeah, that was awful. Because but... cars don't move like that. <laughs> no. But still, nice, nice vehicle. Nice vehicle. Yeah. Best car in the in the film, actually, that. Um, oh, by, by a country mile. Because yeah. what have her villains got? They've got a Peugeot and a Pontiac Firebird. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, that's it. What are they doing with a Firebird in the south of France? <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Peugeot, yeah, obviously. Oh, spot on. Yeah. Where did the, where did the Pontiac Firebird come from? <laughs> what I, are you doing with that in the south of France? Don't know. I don't know. Don't know where that came You'll from. You'll never be able to park it. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, at least the steering wheel's on the correct side for France, I suppose. Uh, so. Oh, there, there is that. Yeah, true. We'll, we'll take that. Um, and Mr. Bond's motorbike. Oh, dreadful. 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 He is, however, carrying a Walther gun, we learn in that sequence. Oh, yes. Yeah, we do, actually. We see that. The P5, which is, interestingly, the same gun that Bond carries in Octopussy. So I wonder if Walther were having a bit of a promotion that year. We've touched on that before. Yeah, we have. If you're going to buy a gun, buy this one. Yeah, because it's not, for some reason, Roger Moore doesn't have the PPK in Octopussy. Mm. Um, And Connery uses the same gun in, in this film. So I don't know. Maybe that was the new gun that year and Walther were, were pushing it. I don't know. Mm. Had a special offer on. Can't ima- don't think it did very well. We never saw it again. No, back to the PPK. Yeah. Mm. Um, can we? I don't. Well, I don't know whether I'm going to put it in good points or bad points, but it made me laugh, so I put it in the good section. Mm-hmm. Um, the tremendous use of the sexy porn sacks. <laughs> When it was the hanky panky scenes, uh, yeah. In particular, having having a little fumble with Fatima when they were meant to be getting dressed in their diving clobber. Oh, on the boat when they're going yeah, out yeah. to do their scuba diving, yeah. yeah. As she just sort of keeps appearing in the doorway, yeah, and they're flapping around all over the place, yeah. Rough uh, sea yeah. that day, obviously. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the the music for that was quite something. Oh my word. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's in tune. No, 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 it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say the that. The soundtrack generally for this is dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yes, the, the, yeah, the, the love scene, if you will, between Miss Blush and Miss Bond is pretty awful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that, yeah. Uh, and then she comes up with some device that beeps and attracts sharks. I oh, yeah. Sharks apparently very attracted to alarm clocks. Apparently so, yeah, but yeah. Um, neither of us are marine biologists. It's a, but <laughs> True. Um, it's not our area of expertise, I'll give you that. Um, uh, but I am I'm fairly confident. <laughs> um. Hmm. Before we uh, leave this particular music topic, um, 
we we touched on the fact that the theme was dreadful. Lani Hall, never say never again. Yes. Uh, um, did you know that uh, Bonnie Tyler turned it down? I did not know that. No. She basically went, no, nah, that's pretty crap. I'm all right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they may have had a, a bit of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's. That was I didn't cool. know that. That's interesting, but not a surprise. Mm. Um, yeah. So we are. Mm. We're struggling here. Um, One of my actually, it, there there is a line in it that uh, I'd forgotten about, but made me laugh hard again. Where... Oh yes. So you mentioned lines. I'll come back to something in a second. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll conclude shortly. But yeah, we'll have lines mm. uh, again. Fatima and her water skiing. <laughs> I made you all wet. Yes, but my martini still dry. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That is possibly the best line in the whole. Movie. It is. Uh, yeah, yes. I think that wins. That I give them points for that. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. Something I noticed. Mm. Um, I mentioned earlier that Connery had brought in Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet mm. um, to consult on the script. They famously wrote the script for Porridge, the classic British TV series. Um, yeah. Starring Ronnie Barker. I uh, there's some recycled jokes in this from that. Really, there are two that I spotted. There may be more, but there were two that I spotted that were originally in Porridge. Well, go on then. In the scene where Bond is having his physical at Shrublands, mm. and the nurse requires him to give a sample. <laughs> says, yeah, yeah. Can you fill this cup? And he says, um, from here. Yes. That line is from the first episode of Porridge, where Fletcher is having his prison physical, and the doctor says, Can you fill this beaker for me? And he says, What, from here? <laughs> it's the same joke. Same joke. Yeah. They're recycling porridge jokes. And there's another one. Um when Bond is in Nassau with um, Rowan Atkinson's character, <laughs> we should we should touch on him. But um, and uh, Nigel Nigel Small Fawcett, mm. um, he's doing his Blackadder One voice, I think. Um, however, mm. um, and he's leaving, and uh, Bond should take full advantage of the natural cover. Mm. That line is from um, Going Straight, the spin-off series from Porridge, and it appears in the third episode, and it's said by Nicholas Lindhurst, a very young Nicholas Lindhurst, who is in that series. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, I took full advantage of the natural cover. It's the That's... same line. So they are... Re Clement and Lafrenet were recycling jokes for this script, which clearly says they were either rushed or weren't giving their best or couldn't really be bothered. Uh, maybe they weren't paid enough. Um, but there, there, and there may be more, but that's two that I spotted that are direct from Porridge. 
that, which was yeah. what twenty years earlier. Mm, Isn't yeah. that bizarre? Isn't that bizarre? Those those are Ronnie Barker jokes <laughs> being delivered by Sean Curry. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I suppose they just they stick to what they know, and sometimes people stick to who they know as well. Because same writers, yeah, like I said, but... uh, they did Porridge uh, very, very shortly after. Maybe even crossover. They they were the writers for um, Alvida Same Pet as well. Yeah, they were. Well, they did loads of stuff. Sa- same stuff. year, uh, and Pat Roach, who was in. Alvida Saint Pet played uh, yes. Lippy in Never Say Never Again. Yes, that's right. Um, <clears throat> that's that's another good reference. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were bringing in people they know, but to recycle jokes, I mean, yeah, that's come a come on, boys. <laughs> Look, maybe I they think nobody would notice. I don't know. <laughs> maybe nobody else ever has, but it's there. But, I mean, you don't know if they were asked to. Going, oh, well, we like these jokes. Shoehorn them in, please. Oh, maybe. You can't but rule that out. pretty weak, isn't it? Um, but because... again, I suppose it speaks to the fact that the whole thing is a bit of a cheap rip-off. Yeah. Well, it is. And I have to say, and it sounds ridiculous to say, you know, Sean Connery isn't convincing as James Bond, but he isn't in this. No. I don't think he gives that impression of going, right, yeah, I'm here out of spite, but I don't want to do this. Yeah. And as I say, in the Barry Norman interview, he did say he didn't particularly enjoy it in the end. Um, yeah, it didn't look like he enjoyed it in the beginning, to be fair. No. <laughs> right from the very start. No. But he'd been working on it for six months. I got anywhere. Because oh, he yeah. wasn't originally going to be in it. He was just going to be working on the script. Hmm. Um. And then his wife said, oh, you might as well just do it. Because you've spent six months on it already. You say it's really good. Yeah. Well, put your money where your mouth is and be in it. Um, <laughs> so he, and he said, I, you know, gave it more consideration because his wife suggested it and he otherwise would have done. Um, and um, uh, and he decided to do it. But, but I almost wonder if it would have been better if he hadn't, if they got somebody else. Mm. Maybe we would take it more seriously. I don't know. Um, I still think it's it's. Does it suffer for having Connery? Do you think? I mean, clearly, just mm. having Connery in it wasn't enough to make it a Bond film. I don't think it suffers because of Connery. I think it suffers because it's toss. Because it's just rubbish. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um. Well, and I suppose then to to sort of summarise it then we we yes we both did find good points different points but we've actually saved everyone a job yeah I wouldn't bother Uh, yeah Uh, that's it that's it it's probably been over 10 years since I last saw it and it will easily be another (laughs) Another 10 at least another 10 yeah um yeah it's very it's a it's a mess um as i say for me barbara carrera is the is the star of it um everybody else is just doing weird stuff um Mm. and there's there's very little to like i mean rowan atkins amusing because he always is um but 
I, he has no place in this film. No. No, it's just another bit of the disjointedness of it. Yeah, it is. Um, what are you doing here? Is this a thriller? Is it a comedy? Mm. You know, it's it's so inconsistent. You just don't know. It doesn't know what it's trying to be. Mm. Um, and I think it's a good thing that McClory never got another one on the ground. Uh, yeah. Because he did try. I mean, he spent the rest of his life suing to try and get rights to do more Bond stuff. Um, he did. Well, he did. The, yeah. Because um, even in even in the late two or mid two thousands, he was still trying to get. He was trying to get the rights to Casino Royale. Um, it's just he hadn't learned, did he? He's just going, no, no, you can't do this. You're not very good at it. I don't think he. By that point, I don't think he knew how to do anything else. That's just who he was. Um, I think he genuinely believed that on some level, Bond belonged to him. Um, and after a lifetime of suing, um, he didn't get the rights to Casino Royale and it went to the Broccoli's and that that kind of finished him off, really. It did. Yeah, because, well, we've said it before, we got that utter gem and... Can you imagine it. if he'd won the rights to it and then gone off and made it himself? <laughs> it would have been diabolical, wouldn't it? If it had ever happened. I mean, on the back of Never Say Never Again, he may have found it difficult to raise funding. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, no one has given him a penny after that. Although Pierce Brosnan said that he had actually got funding in place for a project with him. Um yeah, well, yeah, we touched on that, didn't we? From some Japanese investors, but um, you know that mm. again, it got bogged down in legality, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, um, that's the trouble. Everything he did was based on such tenuous legal rights that he had <laughs> yeah. fought tooth and nail for decades to get. Yeah, um, he, he, he's got one tiny little portion of it going right. You could do this film in a very specific way, and that's your lot. Yeah. No, that's right. no, but yes, that's right. Um, hence, never say never again. And interestingly, watching Thunderball, Thunderball is a much better spy thriller, aside yes. from being a Bond film. Um, the theft of the Vulcan bomber, bomber is is properly suspenseful, um, whereas the theft of the nuclear weapons in this is. Well, Have you seen my magic eye? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, um, that's it. We've done that. Check out my snake, and then all done. Yeah. Well, we know what everyone else is going to do. Don't watch it. Point no, out. don't bother. Please, I implore you, don't watch it. No. It's not worth your time. No, um, no, watch anyone, any of the others from the official series. Oh, any yeah. of them. Any, any of them. them. Any of them. Yes. That's right. You'll have a better time. Don't look at the cast list and read the synopsis and think, oh, that sounds good. Mm. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. Don't, don't waste your time. It's toss. Don't bother. Go and pick from the other one of the other 25. Yeah, there's plenty more to amuse you. Don't, don't bother. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening.